to Talks with Raj. We are back again with another amazing episode. And this time, it's, it's a bit of a personal one. Um, I'm so happy and proud to have my friend Matteo Grosso, all the way from Italy, joining us. So a bit of Matteo. Matteo and I go way back. And um, over the years, Matteo has, I would say, moved from corporate to an entrepreneur right now. And he specializes in leadership coaching. So the topic for today is, what is leadership coaching is all about for a lot of people and what is not leadership coaching and and if possible Matteo will share with us some of the keys and trips and some frameworks that we can apply on our own as well with additional resources uh without further ado ado uh Matteo all yours well uh, thank you very much Raj for the invitation uh I'm excited to be here with you and uh, uh hello to all the listeners I'm very glad to to be part of this amazing podcast uh, when you told me you were launching it and uh, it, gave, it gave me the opportunity of being here with you today uh, i was very thrilled you know and uh, i couldn't be happy to hear, be here with you raj uh, we go way back no, as no, you no, said all you know it's, we work together we we are very good friends uh, when i launched my podcast you were a guest on my podcast uh, and you you delivered an impressive and amazing, you know, talk about failure, uh, which is still, you know, think about it to these days. Um, so I'm very, very, very grateful for uh, for everything, for the support over the years and uh, and for the friendship, most importantly. No, no, you're most welcome, Matteo. And for those who are wondering what is Matteo referring to, Matteo also has his own podcast that I'll drop the link here um, that you guys can also look at it. And I think... One other time, Matteo was kind enough to invite me as a guest speaker for his podcast where I spoke about um, fail forward. I think that's a concept that uh, it's, it's, it's never, it's, it's aged well over the years, if anything, for us, Matteo. So, but let's talk about today's podcast. Um, so for today, um, leadership coaching, I think what we can start, Matteo, is if you could share uh, your background in leadership coaching and what do you do as a start, and then we can take it further. Okay, fantastic. Yes. So... How did I find out that I wanted to become a leadership coach? I think for the listeners, it may be interesting to see a little bit the journey behind, you know, this uh, this coaching business. And, uh, well, I've always been interested in leadership. You know, when they tell you, like, follow your passions. I'm not a believer of following your passions, but you still you should still identify the interests, what, what is really interesting to you and I was very keen on leadership I was reading every article in, at the university um, and then when uh, I, I started writing a book which which was called the entry-level leader when I joined the corporate world and I still actually have it I still have it as, as a draft who knows if one day it will become a, a real book but um, I was passionate about it. I was reading I was writing and then in corporate I was training a lot uh, I was doing a lot of training for the new employees and uh, across departments or new employees. And I enjoyed that. I deeply, deeply enjoyed that. So at some point, I, I thought, what about doing this full-time? Because I know that some people do it full-time. I have had seven coaches to this day. And uh, I really, really loved you know, having someone who could support me uh, throughout my personal and uh, professional development journey. And therefore, one day, I decided to go for it. And uh, I started my own business. It's called T1 Growth Academy, as, as you know, Raj. And what I do today, in essence, is I support people in their 
personal and professional de development journey and they accelerate their growth. So every client is very different. Then I can elaborate on, on uh, what we do with each client, but the program is highly customized. It's called self-mastery and transformation. And um, it's deeply rooted in behavioral science in understanding who someone is and what is what they truly want to do uh, in their life. And uh, to this day, I've served uh, more, than, so we're talking about a couple of years, more than 50 one-to-one -one clients. I have done uh, a little bit more than 50, actually. Yeah, 70 probably one-to-one -one clients. I have done uh, around 10, 11 live events for corporations because sometimes they invite me to speak and to talk uh, with their employees and to energize them, you know, to do some teamwork, uh, some team building activities like off-sites. Uh, and I'm, I'm doing a lot of that, uh, usually full-day events or one or two-hour day one or two hour events. Um, and then I, yeah, and then the, the third thing is one to one coaching, live events, and masterminds, uh, which is a full inclusive experience where people can come, you know, and be part of a, of a incredible growth with fellow uh, friends and uh, who also want to grow. But uh, yeah, that's a little bit, you know, the, what I'm going to do, what I'm doing on a daily basis. Thanks, thanks for that, Matthew. I think that's quite clear, right? So, you, you transition from corporate world to do something and pursue something that you that you feel really passionate about and you build a business out of it. And then after over, the, over time, now you have your own clients, you have sessions coming out from individual. And I believe you do a lot of corporate level coaching. Yes, exactly. 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 Um, we do also, we also do corporate level coaching to answer your question. Yes. It's, um, okay. I either, because you either can go on B2C segment or B2B segments. I started with B2C. I started with private clients. But then the interesting thing was that many of uh, these private clients work in big corporations. And so everything started with one day receiving a call from uh, a manager of uh, this person I was coaching. And he simply said, hey, I just found out that uh, three out of my three out of my eight employees are your clients and they're very happy about the program you're doing with them. So what about you coming in and delivering like a talk to the entire team? And I was like, Oh my God, of course, of course I can do that. I, I've, I've been waiting. I had been waiting for that opportunity since six months. You know, I was trying to do it, but it's not easy to, to, um, uh, be invited into big corporations. I work with Fortune 500 companies and Fortune 500 companies, of course, I mean, they invite, they only invite the best speakers out there. So uh, when I received that invitation, I, I was so happy. I was very grateful. And I went there, they loved it. And uh, the same corporation, we can, I think we can say the Salesforce, you know, the Fortune 500, Tech Fortune 500, they have invited me four times for three different departments over the course of one year and a half. And I love being there. I love being there because we share the same values with this, uh, with this company. The managers are awesome and the people are incredible. The employees are really, really uh, energetic and we always have fun. <laughs> that was quite a journey, Matteo, you know, from um, starting a business and then getting a, a Fortune 500 company, right? Now, uh, to, to kick things in motion, when you do um, leadership coaching, um, maybe perhaps could you explain 
what is leadership coaching for our listeners in essence is and what it's not? Yes, of course. So there are three dimensions of leadership coaching. And if you are an employee or a leader or a manager or an executive at the corporation, I think it will be very interesting for you to uh, understand which dimension are you currently uh, in. The first dimension of leadership is leading self. That's what we call self-mastery. Leading self is about deeply knowing yourself. It has to do with your internal world. We, we talk about mastering your inner world, which is uh, your emotional intelligence, for instance, being self-aware, uh, knowing what emotions are, you're, you're feeling, uh, being, uh, having the self-knowledge of understanding why you're feeling that emotion and having the self-regulation to regulate that emotion. And in this self-regulation is one of the five components of emotional intelligence. Um, so the first step of leadership is always uh, leading yourself, understanding why you are alive, why are you here, what is your vision, what is your mission, what, is your, what are your energy levels uh, during the day, etc., etc. Once you've done that, once you have mastered this, what is very natural for people is to progress into the second dimension of leadership, which is leading others. Imagine, when you lead yourself, of course, you can achieve incredible results. But the true satisfaction comes when you also can lead someone else towards a vision or a mission. Um, when I say leadership, some people think that you are a leader only if you work in the corporate world. But let me tell you that nothing would be farther from the truth. If you are a father, for instance, if you are a husband, if you are a, a, a wife, if you're a mom, you are a leader. And you're actually in the second dimension of leadership. You're not only leading self, you're leading others. You're leading your children. You're leading your parents who are older, you know, um, into a higher quality of life. So a leader is someone who takes responsibility for their own life and they want to bring it to the next level and they want to involve everyone else in the process. They have a very strong focus on people compared to managers. Um, so the second dimension is leading others. And here we talk about influencing the external world through, for instance, an effective communication to your negotiation skills. Um, the idea is uh, that you cannot control other people. That's a mistake many managers make, you know, I, they want to control them. But actually, you can only control yourself. Uh, the external world can only be influenced or inspired, you know, or uh, um, let's say nudged. <laughs> Some people say nudged towards uh, a better scenario. Finally, the third dimension of leadership is leading large organizations. So if you are, for instance, an executive in Microsoft, that's your dimension. Uh, we um, assume that you're only you're already capable of leading yourself. You're already capable of leading others, and you're ready for the third dimension of leadership, which is leading large organizations. Um, and when you when your role, for instance, is the role of a C-level executive, you benefit you benefit from executive coaching, which is a very, very specific type of coaching for executives, for people who lead these large organizations and uh, they need to work on, for instance, their values, which will be reflected in the corporate culture 
they need to bring huge organizations together uh, in order to achieve a very ambitious and common vision. That, that's helpful, Matteo. And I think uh, I like how you phrased that. If I were to take a step back, right? And I like how you're echoing that. Let's start with one, yourself. I mean, get that right. And then you go and talk about other stuff and other people, right? And, and, and I think one other call that you made was, which is, I mean, it is, it's, 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 it's set in stone. It's pretty obvious, a cliche thing, but it's still good to be called out again that you are not responsible. I mean, you, you can't control other things. What you can control is only yourself and your reaction towards the external stimuli, right? And based exactly. on how you adjust yourself, you, in a way, controlling the environment because you control the reaction of you towards the environment. Therefore, you're a better way of managing the situation compared to nothing at all. 100%. I think, I think Matthew, one thing that I have questioned right now is, so you spoke about self-mastery. What are the, some of the, um, I would say, um, um, framework or even not, not just framework, like for someone who's listening to us, they want to start learning about themselves. What is the best way for them to start um, um, taking it as a first step? Okay, so um, let's look at it from... Uh, the bigger picture, you know, let's look at the, the big picture of self mastery. If anyone wants to become a leader of themselves, what should they do? What steps can they take? Uh, in my opinion, there is a, the best process you can follow is what I call the six steps plus two secrets. This is a, my personal approach to self mastery. And this is an, this is an approach that has served so many others individuals very well. And the, pro- the process is uh, simple to understand, not very easy to do, <laughs> but simple to understand. I'm going to, and I'm going to share it with you and uh, uh, with uh, all the listeners today. So the first step is uh, understanding your current quality of life. So who you are and your current quality of life. Where are you now? If I have to ask you, for instance, uh, what's the quality of your life today? No? How, what score on a scale of one to 10, what score would you give to your uh, health, energy, family, uh, corporate world, um, corporate job, um, entrepreneurial activities, uh, uh, leadership uh, potential, uh, communication skills, uh, spiritual development, uh, uh, passion, purpose, uh, values. Would you be able to score all these things from one to 10? And many people already find this difficult because they never stopped actually. It's not, as I said before, it's not a difficult task, um, but we simply never stop and think. Uh, what are your goals, you know? What are the main obstacles to those goals? Um, what are the main resources you can use to break those obstacles, etc. So that's the idea of the first step. We want to understand where we are. The second thing we want to understand is uh, who are we? And here, the behavior science comes in very handy. All the assessments, such as the Enneagram, the DISC, the 16 personalities, uh, the Big Five, uh, also called Ocean uh, for the listeners, um, the High Five, uh, the Chronotype, uh, 
there are a gazillion assessments. They help us understand our baseline of reference. You know, imagine you're an athlete and they want, let me ask you this, Raj. I'm, I'm sure you know the answer. So imagine you are an athlete, okay? And you want to improve your 100 meters running time, okay? So you come to me, I'm the coach. I've never seen you in my life. And you come to me and you say, okay, I want to improve my 100 meters running time. What's the first question I might ask you as a coach? You probably ask me to do a test run. Or just see how much I can run first. Or either you'll ask me what's my best score. You're like, just go for the yard, run run on the track, and I'll measure you so I know where you start with, where you stand, and then we can pick it up from there. 100%. Exactly. Exactly. You see, if we start without knowing who we are, we will never get anywhere. It's like, if you tell me you want to run 100 meters, you know, there is a huge difference between you running 100 meters in three minutes, you know, in that case, I'm going to take you and send you directly to, to the Olympic Games because you're already like one of the best athletes in, in the world or um, running, uh, um, what do you say? Sorry, do you say, uh, it makes sense. Uh, yeah, 100 meters. Yeah, let's say, let's say you run it in nine seconds. Sorry, 100 meters in nine seconds. Okay, that's an, an Olympic no, time. Three minutes right? seems to be a very long time to run. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry, so. I believe the athletic part is someone else. I thought about I thought about the mile, the mile. Sorry, I thought about running one mile. You know, and the record was four minutes. Right, running under meter in thirty seconds versus under meter in three minutes. Right, that's a huge difference. Exactly. What kind of supplement? And that's the same thing we do with self-mastery. You know, if a person is uh, already good at self-mastery, if they already have, if their assessments show that they already have a great self-awareness, et cetera, et cetera, okay, that's a strong base from which they can start. But if they don't know themselves, if they run the 100 meters in three minutes, that is a problem that requires a lot of work. So we need to increase the self-awareness. So, it's very, very important, you know, that the program is customized to the person. Now, step number three. We need to have a look at the past of this person. And this is when we look at the why and the purpose of this person. Why are they alive? What do they care about? What are their values? The values are the non-negotiable that people have, you know. Uh, why do they want to do what they say they want to do? So it's we need a step which requires depth, you know, where people kind of open up and say, okay, you know what? I found out I am alive because of this. You know, they were saying, you know, that there are two very important days in your life when you're born and when you find out why you're born. Yeah, that's what we try to find out in the session, in, in the third pillar. Then you need to understand where you're going. In coaching, we always say direction is more important than speed. And direction is more important than skills. I like that. Direction is more yeah. important than speed. That, that's a very nice phrase. It's many people want to go fast, but in which direction are they going? They're heading towards to the right to the wrong direction. And they will never get where they want to where they want to arrive. So what's the vision? 
what's the future self? Who are you in the future? You know, what's the person, the person who is living that vision? What's the person who has the skills and abilities to make the vision a reality? Most people have never thought about themselves in 10 years from today. They never thought about their life in 10 years from today. And um, very simple questions are, well, not simple. I mean, very big questions we can ask are, what advice would you give to your eight-year-old self? Because that eight-year-old self had dreams, visions. They were unlimited in their imagination. Their brain up to six years old was delivering, you know, generating theta waves, which is the frequency of imagination, possibility, etc. They absorb like sponges. And then we find out that we cannot do whatever we want to do and we become adults. And adults, sometimes they forget to dream. They forget to, to come from a place of abundance in a way of opportunities, of possibilities, of fuck, I can do this, you know? <laughs> Sometimes adults limit themselves or they let the environment do that for them. So we need the dreaming of a baby, of a, of a child, of a baby. And then we need the wisdom of our 80-year-old self. If they looked back, you know, what would they want to see? What kind of person would they want to see? And this is why writing our own eulogy is the most effective way, as dark as it seems, eh, is the most effective way to understand right. how we want to live our life. So that's step number four. Then. I, I, like, I like how you ended <laughs> that. I like how you ended it. Because I feel, right, um, with step four is the last one, I'm guessing, or is it step five? Uh, we have six. We have six. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> we, have, uh, we have two more. So, because what I realized is that you can know where you're going, but you still okay. find it difficult to arrive there. And this is because of your self-limiting beliefs, of the past conditioning, of uh, uh, the limitations you, you let other people impose on yourself or that you yourself impose on yourself, like your, the self-sabotage. So we need a pillar, which is all about energy, peak performance, neuro-linguistic programming. What do athletes do when they prepare for the Olympic Games? And uh, in there, I, basically, people need to go from their past self or the present self to their future self. It's a very complicated uh, moment in personal development. But if people do it correctly, they, they're generally happy and excited because they're like, oh my God, I thought I couldn't do this. Now I see that I'm moving one step closer to my vision. Now I, I'm actually breaking up with the past. And finally, we need a strategy. So once we talk mindset, we need a strategy. So we do neuroscience. We understand neuroplasticity. How is the brain limiting ourselves and how is the brain serving ourselves? Uh, how can we have great habits you might have heard you know in the in the book atomic habits uh, habits by uh, james clear yeah. it says rich people and poor people have the same goals set habits instead and i really like it because you know in step one i told you we need to set some goals but goals are useless if we don't set some habits so 
why is it difficult for some people to, to, to set habits? You know, what's the neuroscience behind the habits? And it, it is very interesting to people to understand what is difficult for them, what is holding them back. And then once they understand it, once they have the awareness, we prepare a plan which lasts six months to two years of, uh, let's say, an implementation right? that they need to implement in the next six months to two years in order to get closer to their vision. So these are the steps. You know, if people usually follow these six steps, and I, for all the listeners, you know, you can think about it and you can really try to understand how, the how you can closer to your get closer to your vision. If that is not enough, if you want, Raj, I can also share with you two secrets for the listeners, maybe yeah. to, to to implement. Really know stuff, let us know. We want to know what's that from you and me and all the people <laughs> listening. Share your two secrets, Matteo. <laughs> so two secrets. The secrets are number one: massive action is the cure all. Tony Robbins, a very uh, famous motivational speaker, frequently says this. Uh, Jim Ron, his mentor, also says this. Massive action is a cure-all. Many times, you know, when we don't know what to do and we feel stuck and we feel that maybe we don't know, we, we feel paralyzed by analysis, you know, we, we just want to make the best possible choice. The answer is simple do something, you know, <laughs> get up, do something, take the wrong road, make mistakes because action is the only thing that matters. You know, many people think that knowledge is the solution. Knowledge is the answer. And this is why we have many knowledgeable and smart and intelligent and wise people who cannot do anything in practice because they stop at knowledge and they don't implement it into action. As an example, let's say I give you the best strategy to invest your money in the long run. Someone intelligent says, oh, I know investing is important. I understand the strategy. But then the question is, are you investing? <laughs> because most people say, oh, no, I'm not investing. So you haven't really understood the importance of investing money. So many people stop at understanding the theory, but they don't realize that execution is power, not knowledge. I can know about it. If I don't do it, if I know I should go to the gym and I don't do it, I'm in no better place of the person who doesn't know that he or she should go to the gym. So very, 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 very important. There is not, they say always, uh, there is no difference between the person who cannot read and the person who does not read. And it's true. These two people are exactly in the same situation. <laughs> we want to make sure that the people actually read, actually go to the gym. So massive action. Secret number two is uh, the secret of living if giving is giving. Okay. Most people live a very selfish or let's call it selfish life. In other words, they're focused on self. They're not on purpose, as Jay Shetty would say. They constantly think about themselves. 
if they have to do public speaking, they constantly think, oh my God, what will the people think about me? Man, life is not about you. <laughs> you know, think about the value you're going to deliver to the people in the audience, for instance, in the case of public speaking. When you stop thinking about yourself, you know, and you stop st and you start thinking about what can I do for others, you know, so you incorporate this giving, this service, you live a life of service because you are a servant leader. You are a servant leader. You believe that's your identity, you know, and you give in, even when you have little, you give even when it's difficult, you know, to your friends, to your family, to the, your employer, to your employees, etc. That's when you start getting so much more. <laughs> this is why people say giving starts the receiving process. And it's true, 100% true. Like living a life of service connected to service leads to abundance. Abundant life means for many people service to many. And that's a life worth living. You know, that's a life of joy and fulfillment. So, Here it is, Raj. Now, now you know everything, you know, from quality of life, uh, the wheel of life, uh, as some people call it, to the, uh, the secret of giving to others. No, I, I, I really like those two things, right? If I were to share my call out for that, the first one you mentioned, I, all, I think the one that I felt very resonated well, that one I'm finding resonating well is Consistency beat talent anytime, any day. Yes. Because if it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter where you're from, but if you're consistent, if you're persistent on something and you're continuously doing, that will really bring you out compared to having the talent, compared to having all the connection. It's, it's just how the world works. Right? Replication is very obvious in all the way we're living. And, and the second thing is, in there's a lot of joy in, in, in understanding that we're not living alone. At least for me, I feel like, I think understanding that wow. life is much more fulfilling when you know you have people around you, when you know you're not alone in anything that you do, right? In when you gain something, you share, when you lose something, you also have people to absorb that fall for you, right? Together and sharing that load. So I think that's the life, as you said, I think you ended that very well. That's the life worth living. Man, I, I appreciate you sharing this because it's inspired to hear. I agree with you 100%. You know, what's the purpose of achieving, you know, great things if you don't have someone we share, to share them with? Right. You know, the, the quality of our life is the quality of our relationships. It's the quality of our emotions uh, that we feel daily. Um, and... Uh, It's all about, you know, sense of achievement on the one hand, of achieving things. And as you said, you know, like heading towards the right direction, consistency beats talent. As you said, like avoiding what we don't want is not bringing us closer to what we truly want. Most people go by, uh, how is it called? They try to avoid or eliminate They go through an elimination process, but this does not necessarily brings them closer to what they truly, truly want. 
So we need to find out what it is and then consistency beats talent 100%. And then once we have mastered the sense of achievement, then there is the art of fulfillment, of living a fulfilling life. And a fulfilling life is an art because you need the right people. You need the right ingredients. It's like a secret sauce. It's like the recipe of Coca-Cola. You know, it's it's very uh, particular. It's uh, some for some people... It's right, right relationships, uh, right friendship, uh, family, um, emotions, uh, health. Uh, so these are some of the, the key ingredients. Purpose, why? Yeah, doing something for others. Um, but yes, yes, I totally agree with you. That's amazing, Matthew. I think that's all the time we have, unfortunately. But I think what a segue, right? How to live your life in a fulfilling way. And the takeaway is... Uh, Consistency beats talent every time, and that will lead you to achieve what you wanted. But then what's the point of achieving if you don't have anyone else to share with? What's a fulfilling life anyway, right? So there you have it, directly from Matteo. Matteo, any last thought you have for our listeners as we are closing it out? Uh, oh, yeah, I have one. Okay. Take responsibility, full responsibility, for making your life a masterpiece. It it depends on you. It, maybe it's not your fault if you're in a situation where you don't like to be, but it's for sure your responsibility, as Will Smith once said, uh, to fix it and to make your life worthwhile. So live with passion, you know, make this life an amazing life. And uh, it's easier than it seems. It's easier than it seems. I did it. You did it, Raj. We can do it. And... Uh, Surround yourself with amazing people like you, Raj, because uh, life acquires a totally different taste. Amazing. I think that, that's, that, that's, I couldn't have ended in a better way. Thanks a lot for your time, Matteo. And uh, stay tuned, everyone. we got more episodes coming along the way. And thank you. Hello, guys. We just recorded the new episode of Talks with Raj. Um, don't forget to listen to it. We will see you there.